With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we welcome you to the final week of October, the official Seton Hall University Sports Bowl presented by the Stillman School of Business and the Sharkey Institute. My name is Seth Everett. He is Rick Gentile. Rick, another poll came out, and already we have some interesting topics to get into today. It seems like people really do have a pension for fantasy sports and more specifically daily fantasy. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. The fact that the the advertising is as ubiquitous as it has become, um, they wouldn't be advertising if there wasn't a market and the and the growth of these these daily fantasy sites. The interesting thing that we found and we discussed it this morning um, is that the public doesn't seem to be sort of rabidly interested in whether they advertise or not. It seems to be they're either ignoring the advertising. They just don't seem to be reacting one way or the other about about the advertising. Which is different than what you see on social media. It seems like uh, the recent baseball playoffs are an example. It seems like the absolute inundation of ads seems to rub a lot of people wrong. Is that simply the vocal minority based on the findings here? Apparently, yeah. Apparently it is. Um, and that that's not really all that surprising that that um, you know a, a minority or a group of passionate people would would react on social media, um, but the the fact is that the public is pretty much shrugging it off, except in the case of college athletics. That was the one area where we found that there was there was a sort of a strong reaction. Now you, you started off in the poll talking about how the NCAA has said no fantasy sports website is going to advertise during the NCAA tournament. This, the, the companies, DraftKings and FanDuel, they've said they're, they're planning on it, and there's supposedly going to be some battle about it. What were the findings about that particular ang- angle? Uh, okay, so um, in, in the case, well, in the case of, of whether or not the, the decision that the NCAA made was a good one, the decision being that they would not allow the two daily fantasy sports websites to advertise on the men's or women's tournament, Forty-seven percent of our of our respondents thought it was a good decision. Thirty thirty percent thought it was a bad decision. Twenty-three uh, percent didn't have any opinion. Basically, um, the NCA has has said they not only are they not going to allow it, they refuse to even meet with them, based on the fact that they were being investigated by the Justice Department and the FBI. The NCA said there's no reason to meet with you. They canceled a meeting that they had scheduled to discuss this, and they basically reiterated their stance, which is that that their advertising won't be allowed. Take a step back from poll results for a second, and let's just address one thing. Are people offended by fantasy sports, or are they offended by the fact that no one's acknowledging them as gambling? The first poll we did showed that, that a majority of people think that this is gambling, not a game of skill. So that's sort of step one. The fact that an exemption was granted 
on the basis of the fact that they are a game of skill, that this is a game of skill, w goes counter to what we heard from the public. So I, I think the public was is reacting, those who are against the advertising, to the, to the they're objecting to the fact that a gambling site is advertising on spo sports broadcasts. I mean, I, I think that's kind of condensed, that's the simple fact. But there's not a strong majority that's reacting negatively to that fact, to the fact that, th that this advertising is taking place. The ultimate uh, challenge here is, it seems, and in, in, in the history of the sports poll, I want to ask, do you find that people have stronger opinions in issues that involve collegiate athletics, that there's a different standard that holds w weight when it comes to college? Yeah, I, I do think that. I, I think that people, you know, we, we can all be cynical sports people and say that, you know, collegiate athletics is as big a business as professional athletics, and there's, there's no question that that's the fact. But the fact is that the kids that play collegiate sports aren't professional athletes. Um, you know, they, they are, yes, they're given scholarships and they're, they're compensated in certain ways, but they're not professional athletes. And I think the public likes the idea that they might be immune from the sort of big business aspects of sports. Explain the one thing that I found interesting that when I saw that you asked a lot of the participants in the poll about alcohol and the fact that there are commercials for alcohol, yet three-quarters of college students if they're on normal college age, are too young to consume alcohol. Yeah. Those, are, those ads are not targeted to college students, are they? Well, the, the, um, uh, I've, I've been at meetings fairly recently where the question was asked of, of people whether um, they would allow beer advertising, whether they, well, I should say whether we should allow beer advertising on collegiate athletic events. And the answer is that, well, they sell beer at the, at the arenas where they play their games, um, so they'd be sort of hypocritical in not accepting beer, beer ads. But what they do insist on is that the beer companies run the drink responsibly ads as opposed to the, hey, go out, have as many beers as you want, and, and the prettiest girls will flock to you. Um, so, so there is a consciousness about allowing beer advertising but making it the kind that's, you know, the drink responsibly message. Okay. Another dramatic number was to a question that asked participants, do you participate in any baseball fantasy games? Is this a circumstance, we talked, touched on this on our first uh, podcast, where some people will say one thing and do another? Is, is it wrong to admit to baseball fantasy games? I, I, don't, I don't understand the stigma. I believe what it is is the stig. I think it's back to the gambling thing. We've often asked over the years, "Do you gamble? Do you bet on the soup? Do you place a wager on the Super Bowl? Do you participate in pools uh, around the NCAA tournament?" And invariably, we get overwhelming numbers of people saying no. And I think it's people don't like to admit that they do something that might be perceived as being against the law or or bad. Um, so my gut, while it says I think 4% say they participate in, in fantasy baseball, I have to believe that's a low number. The last poll we, we did, we found that 20% of people say they, they participate in fantasy somehow, whether it's a, a league or a daily. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that to a degree it's a skewed number. 
It, the poll was conducted, by the way, this week, October 26th to the 28th of 2015, among 820 random adults called on landlines and cell phones. Explain one difference with the, the, the make sure of the use of cell phone technology. Is that to make sure that the, the, the participants are balanced? Because I find that if we're talking about millennials, do millennials even have a landline? Well, now we have to get to the definition of balanced. But um, <laughs> we, we, um, we originally did this all by landline. Um, and this, this, by the way, is a, a major issue for anybody conducting polls today, whether it's political polls or, right. or our poll. Um, I we think originally it's worth did, talking about, yeah. Yeah. So we originally did all landline, landline only. And what, in, what ended up happening is um, we found that the, the – the respondents were getting older and older. Um, you know, old, kids are not on landlines anymore. Young people, I shouldn't say kids. Young people are not on landlines anymore now, anymore. So um, we found that we were asking questions of people, and we were getting somewhat, to some cases, peculiar answers. And then we said we've got to get into the 21st century and start to, to, to conduct this, including cell phones. So now, I would say about forty percent of our respondents are on our cell phone calls. The other aspect about this is we kind of switch gears because there were really two major factors in the discussion: uh, fantasy and, and gambling being one one half of of the poll. The other one is the old adage of football versus baseball, which I always say the only person who should be able to compare those two was the late George Carlin. Um, as somebody who looks at these events, um, is it possible to get accurate f- football versus baseball analysis without the gambling aspect? You cannot get television ratings without the gambling aspect. You can't get download numbers. There, there is no way to look at football ratings and say, well, it's just that many people love football. There's too much riding on it, and I just don't know how you can properly compare baseball to football. Well, I guess the I guess it comes down to do you even have to anymore because the truth is that whether football's audience was built up as a result of its sheer popularity on one hand and the fact that lots of gamblers are involved and, and want to watch and see how their money – and watch them watch their money disappear – um, but the fact of the matter is football is what it is. It, it's, it's that popular. The ratings are undeniable. The World Series ratings, uh, we, we all got excited by the Game 1 ratings because, you know, we had, what was it, 15 million p- viewers or something. 40 million. It was the highest rated World Series since 2009, World Series game. Game 1. Yeah. Right, for a Game 1. And the interesting part about it, um, there doesn't seem to be um, some partnerships. I, here's one thing I didn't understand. Uh, Major League Baseball has a partner in Turner. Uh, why is TNT having their NBA opening night on the night of Game 1 of the World Series? The, these, there used to be a time. When it, it, it's not that long ago. They took breaks <laughs> during, well, during the I course of the season. Well, I think the fact is that the, you know, Turner decided a long time ago that they weren't going to worry about cannibalizing their audience. They originally came up with TBS, then CNN came along, then TNT, then TCM movies. They just decided that if they run four or five different programs at the same time, it doesn't matter. And I guess the attitude is, look, the NBA season is starting. 
why shouldn't we run a game? I mean, they, they're not going to, they don't worry about cannibalizing their audience. It doesn't sort of logically make sense, but they've, they've pretty much put together a good business. Without saying something about the statistics of the poll, but I, I do have a theory on that. I have issues with the declining numbers of African Americans in baseball. Um, this week saw the retiring of two of the classiest individuals that I've ever come in contact with, Latroy Hawkins and Tory Hunter. There is only one minority manager of the 30 uh, managers in, in baseball. I, 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 I'm not trying to stereotype here, but I do want to have an honest discussion. I have an issue when you're putting Game 1 of the World Series up against the NBA because you're telling you're telling people who look for other avenues besides baseball, here it is on a silver platter. Yes, I, I mean I think that makes it an awkward, you know, anytime you throw the the sort of race card, and I'm not accusing you of using playing the race card on our first podcast, um, right? <laughs> but uh, anytime anytime race gets involved, it does get a little awkward. Yes, Major League Baseball has a major problem. The San Francisco Giants have won three of the last five world championships. I like to say that because I'm a lifelong Giant fan. Right. So anytime you, I can get that into, the, that into every anytime I can so get into the conversation, <laughs> not just podcasts, any conversation, um, they they won all three without an African American player on their roster. On their roster, yeah, it's a, it's it's a scary number. And, it's and, unfathomable. And it is a it's a future issue. And I don't know necessarily if this is a sports poll type of issue because I do think it's more about people inside baseball, is it a problem? I asked this to Curtis Granderson this year. Okay, so there's declining numbers. They're, they're not hurting for people to play. They, there are enough players. They just don't happen to be black players. Is that a problem? In the 60s, it was a problem. In the 50s, it was a problem because there wasn't access. Now, if you're good, you, you can play for any team. If you don't want to, is that a sociological issue? Do African Americans have to play baseball? Well, they don't have to. Nobody has to do anything. They don't have to play. Is it a problem? Absolutely. It's absolutely a problem. It's a problem for baseball um, because it, it's basically writing off what, what I don't know what the latest um, sort of uh, numbers are in terms of population, but I think it's 12 percent of the public, and it's and it's a twelve percent that's traditionally been sports fans, and baseball has been the you know look Jackie Robinson changed the the, the face of all sports, and they've essentially baseball has not not deliberately but written off African Americans. Yeah, basketball is easier to play. There's more access. Inner city, it's hard to find a baseball field, et cetera. We all know the reasons. Right. Um, but is it a problem? Sure, it's a problem. It would be a problem. It's, I think it's a problem that, that kids from the northeast part of the United States can't make it to the major leagues in, in any, you know, as, as kids from Florida and California can. But it's not a sociological problem. This is a sociological problem. All right, let's get to the results of the poll. Would you rather watch a regular season NFL game or a World Series game? It's not exactly apples to apples. Because you're talking about a World Series versus the regular season. So it's not World Series to Super Bowl, and it's not regular season to regular, regular season. 48% for the NFL, 36 for the World Series, 16% don't know. Your reaction? I, can't, I don't understand the 16% don't know. Right. How do you not know what you'd rather watch? <laughs> but besides that, um, look, you know, this is a major step up for baseball. Um, and and maybe it's a function of the fact that 
the Mets are in, and it's a big market, big market team that's gotten in. But we did the same poll a few years ago, and and I think it was twenty two percent said they'd rather watch the World Series. So it's it's a dramatic increase um, from that, um, which is a nice nice sign for baseball. Um, but look, uh, you know, we just said it. Football is king, and I don't know that you know that that, that gets back to your original question about the gambling. You know, do, do more people gamble on a regular season foot NFL game than the World Series? I, I would, I would guess the answer is probably yes. Well, the people polled only said four percent only play fantasy baseball. Well, right. So. Yeah. We, so we can't trust any of these. Right. People. We can't. We can't trust them. Um, some of these uh, issues were were, were interesting. I will bring into the, the discussion the fact that if you go on iTunes, and hopefully you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, the number one selling iTunes app in iTunes history is the MLB at bat app. Millennials are watching baseball. I mean, that th- th- that is a fact. So that's why I wasn't as surprised by the number as you were. And quite honestly, I think the reason that, you know, I, I, I teach a class at Seton Hall on, on the business of sports television, and most of the students in the class are sports fans. In fact, I would have to say all of them are sports fans. And every year I ask how many people pay attention to baseball, always thinking, knowing what the demographics are of the, about the TV audience, yeah. that they'll say no. And they all say yes. They're big baseball fans. Why? Because they all participate in fantasy baseball leagues. And so they pay a lot of attention to baseball. Of course, none of these students of mine answered the poll question because we only have 4% that play fantasy right, but right, right. <laughs> but i believe that baseball has really benefited from fantasy in terms of in terms of the younger generation uh the world series ending in november uh a lot of people thought 45 percent thought uh that that's too late 37 didn't care and 18 percent don't know um i i don't know i i i didn't i noticed a lot of ambivalence when it came to some of the baseball questions and we'll get to some of the other ones i i have an issue because I find myself as a traditionalist in nature. Uh, I'll say it, and I've said it on the radio, so I'll say it publicly. I'm not going to Game 4 of the World Series because I'm I'm not missing trick-or-treating. I'm going trick-or-treating with my my little kids. That, to me, is much more of a memory. I'm blowing off Game 4 of the World Series. I, in the past, never had to deal with this. The the whole Mr. November theory came from 9-11. I don't want there to be a daily, a yearly Mr. November. There should only be a one Mr. November because that I don't want that year happening again. I don't want the World Series in November, but I think I'm in the minority. Well, you know, f- look, 45% thought it was, November was essentially thought November's too late. But when you think about most people are consuming this on television, they don't really care if it's 38 right. degrees in New York. Cause the pl- so they see a little smoke coming out of the player's mouth. It's not affecting them any. I mean, I thought the idea of watching guys playing baseball in ski masks was, was a little bit disconcerting in the, in the uh, NLCS. But, you know, I, I think people don't care necessarily because they're sitting in the comfort of their living room watching on television. If it's November, December, or January... Hell, as long as it doesn't necessarily impact the the play on the field, of course we kind of know that it kind of does. Of course, it's freezing. You know, it's if you're a, if you're throwing ninety eight mile an hour fastballs, it's it's simply harder to hit them when it's thirty eight degrees out. But I think the general public says, well, look, you know, as long as I'm not having to sit outside, it's fine. Um, as far as sponsorships and as far as looking at sponsorships. 
when you watch a sporting event, do you ever pay attention to sponsor signs in the stadium? 44% yes, 50 said no, 6 said they don't know. Uh, when making a purchase, do you look at the product of a sports sponsor or does it make no difference? 85% said no difference. Uh, 9 said more likely, 6 said less likely. Your reaction? I, I believe that that last one, the 85% saying it makes no difference, is not true. I don't think people are even conscious of the fact that it makes a difference. I think it's the whole, um, the whole sort of genesis of, of advertising. We, you know, if you're, if you're watching a commercial for Coca-Cola and you go to the, to the grocery store and you pick up a six-pack of Coca-Cola, you don't necessarily say it's because I just saw a commercial. But the, the recognition, whether it's subliminal or, or you've just been beaten to death for, for your whole life, the fact of the matter is big sponsors, big products advertise on television. They have forever, and there must be a success rate because they keep doing it. Uh, as far as uh, the, the, the bat flip, everybody's been talking about Jose Batista's bat flip uh, from the LCS round. Uh, 59% said it doesn't matter. 17 said good for baseball. 15 said bad for baseball. 9% don't know um, much ado about nothing. I think so. I think people, in, especially in this generation, don't care. It's, it's, you know, demonstrative gestures are fine. It, it makes it look. We watch a football game, and a guy makes a guy's oh, lo- the scripted, team's losing. Yeah. The guy's team's losing thirty-five to three, and somebody gets a sack, and he goes crazy and on the field. It, it's but like, it's all like a planned dance, right? Here, like, this is, but this is what I do when I make a sack. But you're losing by 30 points. Yeah, but this is what I do when I make a sack. Um, and I think the same is true in baseball. I think that the Batista flip was, was spectacular. It, it was so it, – it, it was Joe Carter. It was it – was, It was a spectacular bat flip. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a traditionalist too, but I watched that and I said, wow, what a great flip. So he was so excited. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be happy for the guy, and if that's the way he shows his – joy sheer joy then god bless uh to getting to our next point there was one statistic i saw that for game one of the world series in kansas city so now we're only looking in kansas city game one of the world series outdrew ratings wise super bowl 49 in kansas city right in kansas city right that's interesting now again it's not an apples to apples comparison because the chiefs aren't involved right if the Chiefs are involved, it's a completely different thing. But I did find that uh, to be interesting to your earlier point. Meanwhile, comparing the World Series to the presidential debates, um, interesting. 41% said, uh, what do you think will be more competitive, the World Series between the Mets and the Royals or the political party to presidential debates? 41% said World Series. 49% said debate. 10% said don't know. I can just imagine the person being polled going, Really, you're asking me this? Move on. Don't know. I, I honestly, I don't. I thought that was kind of a fun question, and I had no idea what the answer would be, but I suspected this would be the answer. You gotta go. That's fine. Um, I suspected that the answer would be that the debates are more competitive. Um, you know, that again, that's that's a fun question. We've asked those kinds of questions in the past. And generally, we get the answer that the sporting event that we talk about is more is going to be. We asked it about a presidential election once, and I, I I'm pretty sure that the answer was that the uh, whatever sporting event was was going was to be more interesting. interesting. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah. Um, and then this one I had trouble believing. Uh, how do you usually watch sporting events on television, streamed online, or attending in person? I knew TV would win. Eighty-three percent said TV. 
Uh, 7% said in person, 5% streamed, one other, and four none. Um, first of all, why are you doing a sports poll if you don't watch sports? <laughs> but uh, I didn't think – I thought streamed would be higher. I, I, I uh, yes, I agree. I was a little surprised 15, by this. 15, 20. But I think, I think you know, it, the, the problem uh, – here I'll criticize the, the question, and it was my question um, – Lots of people watch on multi multiple screens now. We know that. Lots of people watch on television something that they're screening, whether it's an Apple TV or whatever. Right. So I, I you know, I, in order to get to that question, it would have to be far more complicated. It was really just a, almost a throwaway to sort of see if there's any, if we're going to get any interesting numbers. It is an interesting number, and in that TV is still the way people consume. Sports, and I think again, I, I I ask my class, and these are kids; these are juniors and seniors in college, so twenty-one years old ish. And I ask them how they watch, and generally speaking, I get these kinds of numbers for TV. Hmm. the The interesting part about that, uh, at least from my perspective, is you can see that live sporting events are keeping the cable companies in business, and because of that, uh, ratings, uh, uh, contracts, television contracts with these franchises, the, the local ones especially, so that's basketball, baseball, and even hockey, you're seeing uh, revenue streams that are through the roof. Yeah, and there's reasons for that. They're, they're, you know, live sports is DVR-proof. Right. Nobody wants to watch. I mean, not nobody. If you're not home and you're going to get home two hours later, you might and take it you can't it answer the phone. You but, can't check Twitter. Gen- right. You have to hide in a cave. And But generally speaking, live sports are consumed live. Advertisers know that. They know you can't fast forward. So advertisers are still paying a premium to be on a live sporting event, which is why broadcast networks are making lots of money. They can afford to spend money. They want more live programming. And there's another key factor. If you're an advertiser and you want to reach young males, 18 to 34, which is the sweet spot, if you want to reach that demographic, live sports is the only thing they watch on television. It's not, I'm not saying that that's the majority of the audience, but if you want to reach that demographic, you can't get them any other. They don't watch prime time. They don't watch news. They don't watch morning. They don't watch daytime. They don't watch late night. They watch sports, and that's where the advertise. So if you're an advertiser looking for that demographic, sports is your sweet spot. I noticed the one story uh, that uh, to that end, and this is probably something you, you talk about with your students, uh, Hulu just uh, offered a, a platform where if you pay a little bit extra, uh, you get the ads taken off. What I loved about Hulu, and I've said this uh, before, I will watch 30 seconds. If you're telling me it's just 30 seconds, I'll pay attention to that ad. I have to think the people who advertise with Hulu are furious. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. And, and, you know, again, everything that in the the new technology is is skewed towards – essentially eliminating the advertisements, but not live sports. Right. And that's still going to be. And let me just go back to your Kansas City statement about the, about the local uh, ratings. Um, not surprising. And this is why Fox was, well, although they would never have admitted it beforehand, rooting so desperately for Kansas City to beat Toronto in the LCS, because if they're in Toronto, there's, it's a Canadian market. They don't get they the rating. The whole market, right. So here, a 50 rating in Kansas City is lots of people. Sure. Um, and here's another great stat, and you can, we can put this in the in the annals. Every single match in the World Cup soccer, men's World Cup, 
every single match, not just the finals and not in this country, worldwide, every single match. So when Ghana plays Trinidad, every match has a higher rating, has a bigger audience than the Super Bowl. Every single match if in the World Cup, international television network that's airing worldwide, more people watch every match in the World Cup than watch the Super Bowl, and so the Super Bowl isn't such a big deal. Uh, Hundred fourteen million people. Eh. Our next uh, Seton Hall sports poll will come in mid-November, so the World Series, I believe, will be over by then. Well, you never know. <laughs> uh, do you have you have you have a thought? I, I actually was, have been doing a lot of thinking about this, and I, I, sus- I suspect it'll be NFL-focused, but we might sneak some NBA in there. It depends. You know, something might happen. You never know. Oh, I was just going to ask you if the Royals or the Mets were going to win. Uh, I, I've been saying all day that, I yes, one of them will definitely win. One of win. them will win. All right. Yeah. That's that 4% margin right there. That's right. <laughs> That's I right. don't know. No opinion. Uh, but, the, but the Royals certainly seem to have the mojo. The Seton Hall Sports Poll is conducted by the Sharkey Institute. Upon the release of a new Seton Hall Sports Poll, we will have a new Seton Hall Sports Poll podcast. For Rick Gentile, I'm Seth Everett. We'll see you next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus